Hello and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me is Billboard.com senior editor Katie Atkinson. What's up? Happy Oscar week. Come on down, Katie. (laughs) You may be the latest winner of a shiny little Oscar. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe I just didn't get my nomination yet. Um, uh, that would be fun to be nominated for an Academy <laughs> Award, wouldn't it? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't. Know. I'm just saying. I mean, maybe we can make Let's a work sh- on we that. can make a short film. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Just, just throw that together. You can do, totally do it. We know people. Yeah. Um. Well, we'll we'll tell you why we're talking about the Oscars in just a second. Uh, because the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop and Oscar on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the week's big pop news and Oscar, fun chart (laughs) stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop and sometimes film. This week's show is a special edition of the podcast where we are previewing the Academy Awards, discussing who we think will win the Best Original Song Oscar and reflecting on some of our favorite performances from Oscars past. Plus, I have a little... Chart stat of the week trivia game for Katie. That's all Oscar themed. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> secrets. She's gonna do great. <laughs> oh no. Um, in addition to all that Oscar chatter, we also have an interview with the totally awesome Troy Savon. We talked to him before he took the stage for his Troy Savon live at the Honda stage at the iHeart Radio Theater show. That's a mouthful. And I was so super stoked to finally talk to him in person. We've like exchanged tweets before, and like he answered some email questions for me, and but we've never actually met in person. So when we sat down, he's like, "Oh, you're Keith from Billboard." I'm Keith. No, oh, you. I know you. You. I'm like, ah, yeah, that's me. That's awesome. Um, so we talked about um, touring, how his current single "Youth" is working up the charts, and his hopes of working with Taylor Swift and Lord. So uh, make sure to stay tuned for that. But first, we have some housekeeping notes. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss a single episode. And give us a rating or review while you're at it, but only nice things. <laughs> if you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or at KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. I'm turning on the radio voice again. Billboard Podcasts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, it's Oscar time. The 88th Annual Academy Awards will be broadcast live on February 28th on ABC, hosted by Chris Rock. Neither Katie or I will actually be there. No. Nope. This this is an event that we do not cover, but our sisters over at The Hollywood Reporter, oh, they're covering it. Yes. Head to toe. And we will be covering it. We'll obviously be covering the music angle leading up and yeah. any performances that go down during the show. But um, but that's about it. We yeah. don't need to be there for that. Unlike so. the Grammy Awards, Katie and I will <laughs> yeah. not be on the carpet. No. Um, and that's okay. Yes. Um, the show will feature performances from such Billboard chart luminaries as Lady Gaga, The Weeknd, Sam Smith, and even Dave Grohl. Uh, it's assumed that Gaga, The Weeknd, and Smith will all be performing their nominated tunes in the Best Original Song category. So, speaking of them, why don't we review the five nominees? Why don't we? Why don't we? Um, well, Earned It from Fifty Shades of Grey is nominated, along with Manta Ray from Racing Extinction. Simple Song number 3 from Youth, Till It Happens to You from The Hunting Ground, and Writings on the Wall from Spectre. Now, whoever wins this category will win their first Academy Award, and among the nominees, we have a a nominee that has been nominated seven times previously, Diane Warren, 
uh, who co-wrote Till It Happens to You with Lady Gaga, has a, you know been nominated seven times. This is her eighth nomination. Um, I, I find it fascinating to look at her nominations in the past. Yeah. Because she's written so many well-known songs. Yeah. And, and especially some of her nominations, you're like, really, you didn't win for that? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just sort of baffling. Like, she, she was nominated for, and I will read them quickly. Uh, her first nomination came for Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now from Mannequin. You know, because we can build the stream together. Standing strong forever. That is such a good song. It is a good song. I love that song. Um, it didn't win. I think that year it lost to I've Had the Time of My Life. Okay, well. So, you know. That's okay. Okay. Um, then she was uh, nominated for Because You Loved Me from Up Close and Personal. Also a good song. Okay. Celine. How Do I Live from Con Air. Yeah. Uh, that song was inescapable. Yes. Uh, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing from Armageddon. Music of My Heart from the movie of the same name, which was uh, performed by NSYNC and Gloria Stefan. There You'll Be from Pearl Harbor. And Grateful from Beyond the Lights. Now, I'm, I, I think... The vast majority of those songs, I would say, I would say four of them. You wouldn't be surprised if they had won. Like if you had like heard the first that four. I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, how do I, I, I don't want to miss a thing. You'd think had a yes. really great shot, but no. So Diane is in the hunt for her first Academy Award. And, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but that was Titanic year, right? 1998. That was the, that was uh, my heart will go on. That's what won that year. Mm, right i believe yeah because i think titanic came out in december of 1997 yeah, yeah. so i'm, I'm yeah. almost positive yes from reviewing performances earlier from uh yeah, previous from, oscars from your studying yes um well you know i'm i think i think here's where we can pick who we think will win in the category this year now I don't think this is difficult. I'm not. You just think it's going to be oh, Lady wait. Gaga and Diane Warren. See, the last time we did this, when we picked best new artists, I'm like, you think it's going to be this? And you I obviously for... think this. No, no, I, obviously. I think it's definitely Lady Gaga and Diane Warren. I think there's um, so much goodwill towards Lady Gaga right yes. now that um, that seems like a no-brainer. It's also it's a good song. It has a great message. It's it's part of a film that is about uh, sexual assault on college campuses. That basically no one has seen. And, well, I'm assuming that Oscar voters, of all people, would see it. I would hope. Anyway. Sure. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't assume too much. I, I But people yes. know what the message behind it is. And the video that goes with it really tells that story as well. And I just think that, like, I think I think this is going to win. I, uh, I, I, think, uh, I think that's a... F- that's a good assumption. I think the only thing standing in its way is the um, the fact that it's in a movie that few people have seen. Yeah, it's a documentary that barely played in theaters. Yeah. I mean, it did play, but it was a fairly limited release. I mean, it wasn't like one screen, but it, but if you know about this movie, it's because of the song. That's right? true. But the the award is not for which song got the the film the most publicity. Right. The the award is supposed to be for the song itself and also how it enhances the best compliments. Yeah, its like film. how it's actually used in the movie. Right. Right. Um, and that's why in the past songs that usually are in musical movies, mm-hmm. like or that sort of uh, accompany a important plot point to mm-hmm. a film, like I've had the time of my life and Dirty Dancing. Or everything is awesome from the Lego movie. Oh, I love it. Um, those—that's why those get nominated, right? Um, so, 
That said, um, I think all you, you could sort of make a case for and against all of these songs. I think if Lady Gaga and Diane Warren don't win, then they may be very safe and give it to Writings on the Wall, mm-hmm. which... It's not been a super well-received song. No, and it's no Skyfall. It's no Skyfall. Yeah. Um, or you go with the huge commercial hit from a movie that was critically bashed. Earned it from Fifty Shades of Which Grey. Which won the Grammy in this category, actually, just on Sunday. Beating until it happens to you. Yeah, it did beat. Yes. Different, very different voting. Very different voting. I think we're leaning towards... Lady Gaga and Diane Warren. Pop Shop's putting its weight behind Lady Gaga so in this one. Gaga, feel free to call us after you've won. <laughs> um, so w- with regards to the performances of the past, because yeah. we know that we're going to see some amazing performances this year, we thought it'd be fun to talk about some of the most amazing performances or memorable performances that Katie and I like. Not necessarily an authoritative, exhaustive list, no, but some of our favorite performances um, of the past, mm-hmm. not in any particular order. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did a little bit of studying for this mm-hmm. because we don't have sort of a uh, completely encyclopedic, encyclo- Encyclo- encyclopedic, encyclopedic. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like you're a pediatrician. No, um, encyclopedic. <laughs> yes. Uh, Oscar knowledge, um, and I still find it fascinating to 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 realize how just because a song is nominated does not necessarily mean that the performer you are familiar with singing the song, like, for example, Till It Happens to You is performed by Lady Gaga. She originated the song. You assume that she'll perform it on the Academy Awards. That wasn't always the case. I have a fun story in reference to that for one of my picks, actually. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. And it goes back to this year that we just spoke of, 1998, the Titanic year. Uh, there's a much smaller song for a smaller movie that was performed at the Oscars that year, and it was Miss Misery by Elliot Smith. Oh. It was from the Goodwill Hunting soundtrack. Okay. It was originally written for that movie. Um, he also did, like, half of the rest of the soundtrack, too, but it was, like, previous songs he'd written. But Miss Misery was written for Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. And I, I, when I saw him perform at the Oscars then it seemed crazy to me I was kind of like a weird indie kid and I was like wow Elliot Smith is performing at the Oscars that's weird right and so I just learned from my research that he was told your song will be performed at the Oscars whether you're there or not so it was basically like a threat like we're gonna have Celine Dion sing your song or we're gonna have whoever sing your song you don't know who it's going to be and if it's going to be embarrassing for you or you could just do it. And he was like, okay, if, if the only option is me or some rando, I'm just going to get up and perform it. So he performed it real straight because he just, like, was basically had a gun to his head to, to perform. Wow. So, yeah. Huh. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. And he, we lost him in 2003, by the way. So also just, you know, sad, nostalgic memories about Elliot Smith. Um. Uh- well, it's good that Elias Smith got to perform his own song. Yes. Um, because in the past, um, there have been examples of, of, of songs that were not performed by the artist you expect them. Um, so this is part one of our quiz. Oh, man. So remember when Melba Moore and Lou Rawls performed on the Oscars? No, I don't. Well, they performed Take My Breath Away <laughs> as performed by Berlin. Berlin. You know, uh, remember that time Little Richard performed? No. He did Shakedown, you know, Bob Seger's song from... Beverly Hills Cop 2. So ludicrous. Yeah. Uh, Debbie Allen, noted uh, singer, Debbie Allen and choreographer. She did Footloose. 
Sure. Because why would you want Kenny Loggins to Kenny do his number one Kenny was probably busy. Hit? Yeah. Um, Donna Summer, clearly a huge superstar singer. Yes. She did Papa Can You Hear Me from Yentl. Not Barbara Streisand. <laughs> not Barbara Streisand. Because why would you have Barbara? You know. Come on. And uh, oh. this, this is the last one. There have been more. Yeah. But I thought this was a fun one. The Temptations. Okay. Eye of the Tiger. Wow. Yeah. So do you think it was a matter of, of having, you know, these performers who were probably very big at, at the time of the show get on stage? Or was it like a schedule? Like, could Barbara not do Yentl? Like? Uh, see, I, I, I think Barbara would probably be, because she didn't do um, the song from um, The Mirror Has Two Faces that was oh, nominated, yeah. which she sang with Celine Dion. Yeah, okay. I finally found someone. Or okay. actually, there was I finally found someone, and it was her and Brian Adams okay. originated it. And then on the Oscar performance, I think it was Celine by herself. Oh, wow. Interesting. So I think the Barbara thing might be just they couldn't get Barbara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, Barbara's like, no. But Kenny Loggins probably was available. Kenny Loggins probably. <laughs> Berlin. Berlin. Probably likely available. available. Um, <laughs> I, I think eventually they've transitioned into sort of ensuring that. You if know, you want to perform it, you are welcome to. I mean, unless you're like a super obscure. Yeah. But there, but every year, this, you know, the, the original songs on the show I remember uh, the year that Peter Gabriel was nominated for the song that he did for Wally, mm. and the song itself is like six minutes long mm. in the movie. And the Academy Awards said they invited him to perform, but do they, like an abridged version. They wanted him to do a very short version, right. like as part of a medley mm. with two other nominations. And, and he, he was said, like, "Thanks, no. but no thanks." So he was I'm there, Peter Gabriel, <laughs> but he didn't actually. I don't think he actually sang. Oh, it. that's really interesting. Um, okay, what, I want to get to your list. So, um. Not in any order. I think any Billy Crystal opening medley was great. Yeah, we did the Oscar, Oscar, yes. who will win? And then you know he does like a spoof of a few good men as sung as you know as performed as Bye Bye Birdie or something, right. <laughs> something like that. But Billy Crystal was always so good, reliable for those opening numbers. So much fun. Yes. Um, and uh, you know he's actually never won an Academy Award. That's kind of crazy. Um, but, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of Academy Award bait under his yes. belt. So. Um, any Billy Crystal performance, generally pretty great. You, Your turn. Well, Billy Crystal makes me think of um, When Harry Met Sally, which makes me think of Harry Connick Jr. Because <laughs> Billy Crystal was in When Harry Met exactly. Sally. Exactly. Yeah. And Harry did the entire soundtrack for When Harry Met Sally. Harry Connick Jr. did. Right. And uh, Keith actually brought to my attention that Harry performed in 1991. I did not see this live. I was nine. But I've always loved Harry Connick Jr. And he did the love theme from Godfather 3, which is called Promise Me You'll Remember. And it is just the most, like, Sinatra, like, loungy, classic performance. And Promise he's, me you'll remember. Oh, he's so dreamy. Harry is 1991 well, Harry. 1991. Well, Harry Connick Jr. is dreamy. <laughs> he's still super dreamy. <laughs> but 1991 Harry Connick Jr. was, like, Next primo level. dreamy. Next level. That was some, that was some choice dreamy so stuff. So find the super legal uh, thing with, like, Asian subtitles that I just watched on YouTube <laughs> uh, and watch that because it's pretty great. Um, we talked about her before. Lady Gaga, Sound and Music tribute in 2015 was just pretty oh yeah fantastic i love the sound of music you know lady gaga's amazing pop shop fans know you love the sound of music yeah so i mean you can't go wrong with that one i think that's a great highlight go find out on youtube it's not that hard to find <laughs> um your turn um bjork Ooh, that's I've a good one i've seen it all i've seen 2001 oh. 
obviously the swan dress here. Swan dress. And she performed in the swan dress, too. She didn't just walk the red carpet in it. She performed in the swan dress. Uh, it's from the movie Dancer in the Dark, which she also starred in. And have you seen that movie? No. It is so good. It is epically good. I, I owned it, like, on VHS. <laughs> Like, that's how much I loved it. Wow. Um, it's depressing as all hell. Yeah. But it's so worth seeing. That's Pop like saying, Requiem for a Dream. You yeah. gotta see it. I'm I like, mean, yeah. and it's also almost like three hours long, too, but it's so good. <laughs> Just trust me on this one. Depressing three-hour <laughs> movies are my favorite. Do it. Just do it. Um, One of my favorites is um, Angela Lansbury and Jerry Orbach, along with Paige O'Hara, Richard Wright, Peebo Bryson, and Celine Dion doing the three nominated songs from Beauty and the Beast which were Belle, Be Our Guest, and Beauty and the Beast, of course, in 1992. Um, so, like, was Jerry Orbach singing, like, as himself, like, like just in person? And then it was, well, I mean, that... <laughs> he was doing, you know, he was doing his Lumiere role. That's crazy. Like, uh, I need to watch this. I, yes. I don't remember seeing this. I mean, he wasn't, like, dressed up like a candelabra or anything. Right, well, that's even crazier to see, like, Detective Lenny Briscoe singing well, Lumiere's part. This was also before Law and Order. I know, but still. Well before Law and Order. <laughs> Actually, no. Oh, he's actually, the Dirty Dancing Dad. Yeah, it was at that point he was the Dirty Dancing yeah. Dad. When did Law and Order start? It started in like nine. It started probably ninety four. Actually, yeah. So it wasn't actually. He wasn't Might that far the away. Same time. Um, so yeah, that's one of my favorite. It's fun and just to see sort of Angela Lansbury like because she started Beauty and the Beast because you know she sings she's singing to uh, Chip. Oh yes. And then it segues. They they have um, Celine and Peebo Bryson come out and do the the pop oh, version. I'm gonna watch this. And like then Angela Lansbury comes out and they minutes. finish the song. Amazing. Your turn. Okay. Um, I had a hard time choosing between my serious pick. Uh, Adele was a contender. Skyfall is incredible, mm-hmm. and everyone should go back and watch that. And there's actually like high quality Oscars official video yeah. of that online. But Bruce Springsteen, Streets of Philadelphia, is what I cho- chose. Good one. Um, the song itself is so great and then the performance he is like it's just a really poignant performance like he's like feeling every word that he's singing and obviously once again like the message of the movie and the song are so incredible and it's just it's gorgeous Mm. Um, Shirley Bassey's gold finger I was gonna keep on going. (laughs) I was expecting you to she's got a performance with the Midas touch Um, she performed it in 2013, I believe, in celebration of 50 years of James Bond. Yeah. Um, that was the same year that Adele performed Skyfall, I think. So it was just a very Bond year. And Halle Berry introduced the performance. Was it 2013? Is that what she said? I believe so. That's when Adele's was, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, it, and that was um, that was a showstopper. I think she even got a standing ovation at the yeah. end of that. Yeah, her voice is still just unbelievable. Yes, and she, did, she actually did a really fun, um, like, sort of like a dance album a couple years ago where she covered really? contemporary pop songs. Like she covered Pink's Get the Party Started. Okay. I'm coming up so you better, you know. I am keeping a list of things to watch when I get back to my desk and they are Beauty and the Beast Oscars and Shirley Bassey singing Pink. Pink. Yeah, there you go. Got it. Um, I have one more. Do you have one more? I have one more as well. You go ahead. Um, I you, We said no order, but I saved the best for last. Oh, okay. So I put it in order. Three Six Mafia. Duh! It's hard out here for a pimp. It is hard. That was 2006 from the movie Hustle and Flow. And it, first of all, it won it the won. Oscar. It, it, it won <laughs> the Oscar. That was the same year, I think, that Brokeback beat Crash, too. Maybe? I thought Crash beat Brokeback. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yes, I think you're correct yeah. that it was the same year. Um, yeah, so I vividly remember watching this. It's a... 
it is a like a street slash house party scene. Mm-hmm. Like it's very much out of the movie. It's like it's 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 very just like it's just a street party basically. And three six mafia like. Juicy J has an Oscar, you know, yes. like it's just unbelievable. But my favorite part rewatching it was the way that they changed the lyrics to be able to perform it on oh, the Oscar stage. Do tell. Um, I'm just going to tell you the edited like end of the chorus. Okay. She sings a whole lot of witches jump in ship <laughs> instead well, of a whole lot of B talking oh, S. <laughs> talking S. My final S. one is, um, uh, well, you can probably guess. Um, obviously, it's actually from the same year as my Harry Connick Jr. one, 1991, correct? Oh, yeah, you're right. It's Your Ma- girl Madonna. Madonna doing Sooner or Later, I Always Get My Man from the movie Dick Tracy. Man, this was so good. Because, like, Madonna sometimes has a hard time doing live TV because she gets nervous. Mm. And you can hear it in her voice. And she's not technically, like, the greatest singer. And so a lot of it has to rely on just sort of stagecraft and the performance. And this was just her by herself, basically done up like Marilyn Monroe mm-hmm. in like jillions gil- of dollars of diamonds, mm-hmm. working her best like va 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 voom, like you know, tell me about it, General Schwarzkopf, like <laughs> very Desert Storm era. Um, but man, she sounded great. She was live. It was just. So good. You can find it online. It's great. And it's just such a moment. And the song actually won uh, the Oscar that year. She didn't write it. Um, Stephen Sondheim did. But boy, is it is it great. That's so, awesome. There's our, there's our picks for some highlights. I think that those were really great. I think so, too. I think we also <laughs> learned something. And we were kind of shocked to find out that we didn't pick any of the same things. I, I was shocked, too. Yeah. Because I assume there would have been some Something overlap. overlapped, yeah. Um, I think it's time for our guest interview. Oh, I think it is time. With Troy Savon. Yes. Um, Troy's so great. Uh, I, I am a big fan of his music. Um, you should really listen to his Blue Neighborhood album. It's it's moving. It's cool. It's 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 just awesome. Um, so check it out. Um, but I talked to him at his iHeartRadio show that he did a few weeks ago here in Los Angeles. Um we actually talked sort of in front of the stage, not backstage. We were actually sitting in seats next to one another um, in the audience that wasn't there yet. <laughs> um, so I went on location <laughs> to go talk to someone. And we talked about what touring's like for him, what the crowds are like, how they're reacting, how he has his first sort of big airplay hit right now with youth. Mm-hmm. And um, we also talked about how he wants to write with Taylor Swift and Lord someday. Don't we all, though? Don't we all? <laughs> um, but he actually could do it. <laughs> here is our interview with... Troy Savon. Hello, Troy Savon. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. Welcome back to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Thank you so much. Um, last time you were on the show was in New York. Mm-hmm. Now I'm here with you, not backstage, but actually in the front of the stage yep. at the iHeart show that you're about to do tonight. Yep. This is a very intimate venue. It really, really is. I think my understanding is that there's going to be um, kids up on the floor as well. So it's not just this little seated area. Yeah, it's like 200 people, I think is I what think, they said. Yeah, I've heard 400. 400. Yeah. Well, for you, 400. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I hope it's 400. That's a, that's a good amount of people. But yeah. 200 is cool as well, so that's fine. I mean, you're in the middle of this tour right now, which goes through May. Yep. How has the tour been so far? So far, it's been really good. Today marks seven days that I've been on tour. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, we left from LA, and now we just got back to LA, LA this morning. So, um, yeah, it's been really, really good. It's been 
first time on a bus, which has been really, really cool and so much better than flying around. I'm just like a generally much happier person because I get to go to the same bed every night and yeah, you know, like a tricked out bunk on the on the bus. No, it's just a regular bunk, but um, I mean, it's got like my pillow in it, my blanket. It's in your it stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that feels really, really nice. And then, I mean, the shows have just been like the most incredible experience for me. I've been, you know, last night I played Oakland and it was a twenty eight hundred people i saw the picture which was insane it was really (laughs) really just the most insane thing ever and so um yeah been been playing the shows i'm so proud of the show as well i feel like the show was has been such a huge step up Mm. from from the previous um from the previous show that i used to play and so um yeah just really really excited it feels like everything's growing and heading in the right direction and i'm having fun what's a typical show day for you like is it mostly spent on a bus traveling from one destination to another so far we've only really had kind of shorter drives which mean that we drive at Which night good. and we wake up in the morning and we're there so really it's so not like you're bored you're just no we're not on the bus the a lot it's mostly venues backstage at venues is where i've been spending the last like week do you have like a really and cool rider with like jelly beans of a certain color that you require no unfortunately not the i think the most like you say unfortunately not is that thing. because you're not allowed to request stuff or just because I, you're not that demanding i'm just not that demanding okay. i wish i was because i feel like i would get like cool stuff yeah but i've got i think the most outlandish thing is probably like a scented candle and matches. Oh. Yeah, what, but what I, scent I, bring, you, you... I bring my own candle. Oh, okay, well. Yeah. And then, so we just ask for matches on the rider so that we can light the candle wherever we are. Because then it makes everywhere smell the same. Right. And so it feels like home-ish. Because it's, it's hard to keep... I mean, I imagine for you, it's it's you can keep the vibe going each night because it's you. But I would imagine it's difficult being a traveling artist to sort of go from place to place and sort of not be a little bit crazed. Like, because you have a very your music is very intimate and it's very personal. Right. And then you're having to go from city to city, place to place each day. And like replicate that. Yeah, or rep- well, not try to replicate, but just try to like still bring the, the, the correct emotion that you want to bring. Right. It's definitely, you know, a challenge. But at the same time, um, I don't know. I mean, right now my life is, is the shows. And so, you know, a lot of the time I'll spend the whole day doing like nothing. And <laughs> then that one hour of being on the stage, you know, connecting with people is like, is the by far the most exciting thing that happens to me all day so i kind of almost save up my energy a little bit for for those moments and i've really been enjoying just like getting out and and feeling that connection and um you know in places that i've never been before i'd never been to vancouver and i and we just played the first show of the tour there and the crowd was just so lovely i'd never been to portland and the crowd was like my favorite crowd i have the feeling the crowd is going to be really nice to you every time every place you go to but i'm talking (laughs) like super 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 nice they really really have been incredible so it's been a really it's been a nice week so far um, Youth, which is the current single from mm-hmm. the album, has is doing really well right now. It's like being embraced by Top 40 Radio. It's getting a lot of airplay. Yeah. It debuts on the Billboard Hot 100 chart this week, by the way. Oh, cool. As its airplay continues to grow, it's on our mainstream Top 40 chart. This is your first, like, airplay hit. Like your well, first, this is the, yeah. yeah, this is the first song that we've ever sent to radio. Um, and it's already working. Look at that. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm really, really excited about it. I hope that it, it continues to, to work out in the way that it has been. I... I heard it on the radio in LA for the first time like on Kiss FM um, or something on Kiss yeah, yeah. Like that's, a, that's a big deal <laughs> a week and a half ago probably now and just lost my mind because I've heard it on the radio a lot in Australia you know Wild got played in, in Australia and so did um, Happy Little Pill briefly and so um, and now Youth but yeah to hear um, my song I, I always talk about this but I don't think anyone really understands coming from Australia America to me was always just like this crazy place of like hopes and dreams and like famous people and music and everything was so much bigger here Mm -hmm. and so to kind of feel like um like something that i'm doing is succeeding here Mm -hmm. is a very 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 crazy concept to me and so it kind of makes everything feel a little more um amplified 
is it is it a little like kind of overwhelming at the same time or is it just like no i'm taking it all in it's good no it it is <laughs> but i just i think i'm sort of realizing i'm learning a lot about myself apparently i think when i'm overwhelmed i think i kind of go rather than getting like super outwardly excited i get quite um like quiet and mm. and somber so like <laughs> before ellen i was like why am i not like <laughs> freaking out right now why am i do i i just feel like i'm kind of burning up a little bit and just I don't know. I guess it's just nerves. But yeah. um, and then afterwards, I'll have my moment of like holy, shit. Ho- holy shitness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like well, that. so for me, it was like with Fallon, um, we taped it and then it aired like two hours later. Wasn't I'm not going to say wasn't excited because I was, but <laughs> didn't outwardly show <laughs> any excitement. You know, during before, during, and immediately after. And then when I saw it on TV and realized I was happy with the performance and realized that it had actually happened, I literally was jumping on my bed, like, for joy. And then Ellen was the same thing. I left the studio and I was driving home on my Holland and, like, the sun was setting and I saw the Hollywood sign and I was like, oh, my God, I just did the Ellen DeGeneres show. And that was when it kind of hit me for that. So wow. I, I guess it's just kind of like a delayed thing for me because yeah. in the moment I, I probably just go into, like, I've I've got to focus. I got to I got to do this right now. Did you have the same sort of uh, reaction when I mean you've now had three top ten albums on the Billboard 200 chart, right? Two EPs plus the full length Blue Neighborhood. Did you have like the first time it happened when you first hit the charts? Was that like a, a wow moment for you? Like because you talk it about was, America being this thing, I'm like, well, the mm-hmm. Billboard charts are kind of uniquely American, right? And it was um, it was actually it was also a delayed reaction <laughs> because of a, a different reason. My I feel like I just had so little understanding then of how things were. Like what the charts are and, and how no, the No, I knew what works. the charts were. I mean, I knew exactly what the Billboard charts were, but it, I just didn't understand that... Um, I just couldn't really understand how it had kind of, like, happened. You know what I mean? I just didn't really get it. And so then as well, my record label, they were all away on... They were in a festival in Australia where they had no phone service. So, like, <laughs> I texted everyone. I was like, I think this is a really, really big deal. Yeah. This just happened and no one got back to me. And then later that night when they all got back to phone service, they all called me very, very drunkenly and like were singing and cheering and stuff like that. And I well, was that's like, good. oh my God, this is real. Um, as the tour is going, are you are you able to sort of plan anything farther down the road or are you just really focused on the tour and that's all you're kind of focused on right now? The th- I mean, the tour is probably the majority of my focus. I'm also just um, very, very excited about writing for other artists. Yeah. I, I've been doing a little bit of that and, and that's been really cool. But well, don't, Is it hard for you to like decide what you want to keep for yourself and give away to others? Or is it kind of like the no. SIA mentality where you, if it's like a personal thing, you keep it and if it's not too personal, you give it away? No, I, I don't even mind writing something personal for someone else. I, I like co-writing, so I want to kind of co-write with, with the artist and, and get into their head mostly. And I think it's kind of clear when you first go in um, who the song's going to be for, you know, whether whether you're in writing for that artist or whether you're in writing for yourself. But... Um, yeah, I, I just love, for me, it kind of like I get to just, you know, completely become another another artist and not feel any sort of limitations of, oh, is this too pop for me or is right. this too, I don't know, whatever. Is this too hip hop for me or whatever? I don't know. Um, it's none music. Of, it none can do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. So that feels cool. Who would be like an ultimate, like like your dream collaborator, co-writer type person? I really, really, really want to write with Taylor Swift. Wouldn't know, everyone? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that yeah, everyone would say that. But for me, I just feel like. But she likes you a lot, like, though. <laughs> she's 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 endorsed you wholeheartedly. Yeah, I just feel like as like a student of pop music, I feel like I have so much that I could learn from her. Her and Max Martin. It's like, you know, I would just want to want to sit in that room and and watch them 
do what they do and hopefully help a little. We've sent it we've sent it into the universe. I've sent it into the universe so many times. <laughs> Honestly, I, I am waiting for the day that Lord hears an interview of me gushing about her and decides to hit me up and become my best friend or Taylor Swift. But none of the above have happened. Well, Maybe it will soon. Um, before I let you go, I just want to say that when I saw the the Blue Neighborhood trilogy of videos, um, Wild and Fools and Talk Me Down, um, I I felt really emotional watching mm. them because as a older gay person, when I watched them, I was like, it must have it must be amazing for like a young little gay boy somewhere to watch those videos and see something in themselves. And I realize I'm getting all like serious, but no, I'm, like, I, I really wanted to say this before I left. I'm like, I think it's so cool that we're in that point now where we have someone like you and we have stars like you that can do that and put those images out there. 1,000%. You know, I've spoken about this before, but um, I remember the two specific moments that I've seen like gay kisses on, on TV growing up. Yeah. And the fact that I remember those, it kind of shows how impactful they were on on my life and uh, and as me on me as a person because it was like there was confusion of course as to like what it was there was kind of like well what is that kind of thing like a little bit of excitement i guess <laughs> and then there was like also um kind of i guess a little bit of relating to that and like you said seeing a little bit of that of a little bit of myself in that and kind of feeling this relief that there was at least someone else out there that that was like me you know yeah. what i mean or and so that for me i think was super super impactful and so i want to kind of wherever i can try and um just shine a little bit of a light on the situation and use my my platform to do that as you should yeah so yeah thank you so much troy thank you so much nice to talk to you nice to talk to you nice to meet you in person yeah finally yay thank you no worries Leave this Thank you again to Troy Savan. Uh, so awesome. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. Um, you know what time it is now? Uh, I'm scared about what time it is. <laughs> it's time for the chart stat of the week. Also known as It's Quiz Katie time. Mm, yeah. It's all, okay. it's all Oscar and Billboard trivia. I actually, Katie and I usually have a script and, and we work from notes in front of us and the notes in front of her do not have answers. No answers. Just questions. <laughs> so here we go. We're just going to make it simple. Which recent Oscar winner for best actor charted a number two hit on the new age albums chart? Yeah. I don't even have an inkling of an idea. Not thinking Jamie Foxx, huh? Not thinking Jamie Foxx. <laughs> Wasn't thinking Jamie Foxx. Who is it, Keith? Why? Or are there hints? Do you have hints? No, I don't have any hints. Okay. <laughs> we'll be here forever. I might need hints. Jeff Bridges. Oh. He put out a album called Sleeping Tapes. Okay. Um, remember he had that Super Bowl commercial where it was like for, I think, Squarespace or something? Yes. That was, was last like, year. And it was like him like singing, saying something soothing. He put out a companion album. Wow. To that called Sleeping Tapes. See, and I knew, you know, that he had dabbled in country Which, with his, yes. uh, the movie, what was it? The uh, something heart. Crazy Heart. That's what Crazy he won heart. the Academy Award yeah. for. He had, yeah. a, he had a, I believe it was a self-titled album that charted like maybe a year after yeah but i didn't know about the new age business if you'd said country maybe i could have gotten it number two on the uh, new age albums chart no man um all right what (laughs) two-time nominated actor performed on the scissor sisters night work album 
Oh, uh, it's, it's, is he a fellow countryman of the Scissor Sisters? Well, the Scissor Sisters are actually from America. What? Yeah, they're a New York band. They are like the Euroist Americans of all they, time. It's because they had their big breakthrough in the UK. But they're, that's they're crazy. New, like Jake Shears used to go-go dance in like you know gay bars oh, in New incredible. York. So it is a countryman then. It's an, is it an American? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. No, I, don't, I have no idea. It, it is someone who I believe. Uh, well, he's been knighted. Oh wow. Someone who's been knighted. That quickly narrows it Two down. Two nominee nominations. Uh, Anthony Hopkins? Sir Ian McKellen. Oh, Ian McKellen. That's great. Yeah. I love him. Sir means you've been knighted. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's such a cool song. It's called um, Invisible Light. Okay. And uh, he has like a spoken word. Um, the bridge is a spoken word. And he has such a good voice. Oh, it's so good. The best voice. Uh, it's so good. So go check that out. And there's something else for you to put on your notes there, Katie. Yes. Third and last <laughs> question. Which Oscar winner for Best Actress had a fluke top 10 hit on the pop songs chart in 2015 thanks to a dance remix? I think I have this one. I think you have it too. Jennifer Lawrence. That is correct. Hunger Games. Jennifer Lawrence for The Hanging Tree. The Hanging Tree. Yep. Um, It was uh, the song, uh, the very song, it's a very somber song. Uh, by James Newton Howard featuring And Jennifer then all of a sudden you're jamming to it. Then all the of a sudden, oh yeah. <laughs> um, it was enhanced by an up-tipo, up-tipo, up-tempo dance-leaning rebel remix, as it's called. Are you, are you coming to the tree? Oh yeah, are you? Uh-huh. Take it to the bridge. Um, yeah, the song actually hit number 10 on the Pop Songs chart and number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100. I was really wanting it to get, like, to number one. We had all this talk about, like, maybe you could win a Grammy. Maybe Jennifer could get to her EGOT. Like, we were so pumped about the prospects with would, The Hanging Tree. I would have loved it if it made top 10 on the Hot 100. That yes. would have been so cool. Yes. Um, but, yeah. These so, are the things we get excited about at Billboard. <laughs> this this is why we worked at Billboard. Yes. Um so there we go. There's our chart set of the week. It's uh, Billboard and Oscar trivia time. Woo-hoo. Quiz Katie. <laughs> all right. I think that's all for this week. Um, it's been great. Um, we'll know if Lady Gaga has an Oscar next show. Yeah. The, the next time you hear our voice, mm-hmm. Lady Gaga may be an Academy Award She could winner. be a Golden Globe and Oscar winner in the same flipping year for different things. She, she's been very busy lately. <laughs> um, do you have any parting words? Oh, man, no. Just, you know, happy Oscars week. What should we go out on? Um, well, we talked about a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, which which one of your performances? I'm like, I already know which yeah, one I would say. Yeah, that's what I was mm. <laughs> I mean, Well, actually, no. We'll, we'll actually be, we, we played the music underneath most of our selections. Okay, so that's boring then. Yeah, well, we should just pick something else. <laughs> Can we do one of my runners up for performance? Sure, yeah. How about... And I'm telling you, I'm not going from and Dream I Girls. I'm telling you, I'm not going. Yeah, yeah. You're Jennifer gonna, Hudson. You're not going to sing with me, are you? Nope. God damn. Not it. that one. <laughs> not that one. That's intimidating. Ugh, fine. <laughs> so we're going to go on the Jennifer Hudson version yes. of And I Am Telling You. Sorry, Jennifer you. Holiday. I'm not going. <laughs> Even though we're not. All right, see you guys next week. Bye.